the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes to give us His own belief. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I have this weird uh, little Midwesternism that I picked up from my time in St. Louis in Nebraska that uh, as much as I've tried, I've even talked about this in one of our newsletter articles, as much as I've tried, I just can't give it up. And uh, Lent's just a little bit down the road from here, and uh, I'm I'm thinking of things to give up, and, and that reminds me of all of the things that I've tried to give up and have utterly failed at. And this is one of them. You bet. If you know me, that is my my affirmative response to a whole bunch of stuff. Um, And and I noticed it one day when I was on campus and I I was handing out um, uh, football magnets because that's what we do during orientation over summer. Um, uh, We hand out uh, little magnets that have the football schedule on them and University Lutheran's information. And uh, uh, people appreciate these things. And uh, every now and again, they, they say thank you. And my response again and again and again on this one day was, you bet. And I thought, what a weird thing to say to somebody who's saying thank you. I'm I'm saying, uh, yes, I will place money on the fact that you are thankful for this. It, it just didn't make any sense to me, and and uh, and, and it comes from sort of the sense of uh, that I I it's basically a response that's saying I believe that you are faithful in what you're saying, and and I am willing to actually risk something on that. Uh, that's really kind of the expanded meaning of, of that Midwesternism, um, and, and so uh, what do you bet? Jesus uh, here talks in the uh, Sermon on the Mount on a lot of people, uh, a lot of things that people had been betting on. Uh, a lot of these uh, things are, are things that people they, they thought that they knew the answers to. And Jesus is going and, and he's upping the ante a little bit uh, on just about every single one of these things. It's almost like he's taking everything that, that your, your mother used to say to you or your grandmother used to say to you, those uh, little chunks of wisdom that they, they used to say, like, cleanliness is next to godliness. By the way, that's not in the Bible. Don't ever tell anybody it is. Um, it, it's something that your grandmother says, though, and so it should be taken with respect. But, but basically what Jesus is doing here is he's saying, uh, you have heard it said, cleanliness is next to godliness. But what I tell you is that you know, if you're not clean, then you're going to get the flu or something like that. He, he's going and, and he's explaining it. He's saying this is what the actual reality is like. It's not just sort of this sound bite. And so what he's doing is is a lot the same thing that I was just doing with you when I was talking about um, uh, what you bet meant. He's going through and he's saying, this is what these commandments actually mean. This is the fuller picture. And a lot of times he's, he's having to do that because the fuller picture has gotten lost for the surface level. It's, in fact, the same thing that Martin Luther does when he writes his small catechism. When Martin Luther writes the small catechism, uh, everybody is in sort of this state of uh, biblical illiteracy. We have no idea what that's like. 
good laughter. And, and so he has to write out, okay, what do these commandments actually mean? Uh, because uh, the, the commandment against, um, uh, against adultery actually means more than just do not commit adultery. That, that's what Jesus tells us in the Gospels. But yet people uh, didn't remember that, didn't remember that Jesus had said that. And so Martin Luther said, well, let's do a little refresher course and help you understand the fullness of what's being told to you here in the Ten Commandments and in the Creed and what is this baptism and what is the Lord's Supper and uh, why do we confess our sins and uh, why, why does the guy up front get to say, I forgive you in the name of the Father and the Son. And, and all of those things are found in the Bible, but they have to be explained and understood in their original meaning. And that's what Jesus is doing here in the Sermon on the Mount. And he's going through with these short little chunks of information and he's saying, uh, this is what it looks like on the surface and this is what it looks like underneath. And, And he's telling you that for a very specific reason. He's telling you that because he doesn't want you to get caught in believing falsely. And we do that a lot to ourselves. We we do this sort of false belief thing where we say, oh yeah, I believe that. And then we don't really. There's a story of a university professor. I don't know if it's actually true or not or if somebody just made this up. But just imagine this happened at FSU or FAMU or TCC or someplace. That there was a uh, physics professor and that this physics professor was explaining how pendulums worked. And that he, he said that um, uh, that every time that a pendulum swung, it would uh, swing slightly less each time, and until it finally hit the point where it stops in the middle. And he said, "How many of you believe that what I'm saying is true?" And you know, everybody in the class wants to get an A. Of course, I believe you. Yeah. Um, and, and so he said, great, that's fantastic. What I've done is I have set up a pendulum um, uh, in this auditorium, and uh, our pendulum is hanging from the ceiling, and there is a large bowling ball um, that is going to be the weight of the pendulum at the end. And he said, uh, do you still believe? Yeah, okay, we all believe. So they go to the auditorium, and he picks out one, one guy at random, and he says, come up here, and um, he, he sets him um, in, in a spot, and then he goes and he gets the bowling ball. And he brings the bowling ball back to the guy's head. And he says, you're not allowed to move, and I'm going to let go of this bowling ball, and we're going to see if you really believe me. Because if not, he's going to get hit in the head with a bowling ball. And that probably hurts. Never happened to me. He lets it go. The guy freaks out and moves. He wouldn't have had to. The the professor was not looking to lose his job that day. The bowling ball would not have hit the guy in the head. Unless the guy leaned in a little bit. 
and yet he, he used this to demonstrate that sometimes we don't actually believe what we say we believe. That's what's going on in the Deuteronomy reading where Moses is before the people of Israel, and uh, this is right before Moses goes and, and goes up to the mountain and kicks the bucket. And so he's doing this last little sermon before uh, he goes and hands the reins over to Joshua, and he's trying to prep the children of Israel for this. He's trying to prep the people of Israel and, and, and saying, okay, we've been together for this amount of time. We've gone out of Egypt. We're, we're now about ready to go into the promised land. And God has brought us here, and he has tested our faith, and there's been all sorts of crazy stuff that has happened. You got bit by a snake. I lifted up a snake on a pole, you were healed, you know, that kind of stuff is still going to happen. Do you believe that this stuff is real? And he says, I lay before you life and good and death and evil. Which one do you actually believe? And that's pretty much what Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount. He's saying, I'm I'm laying before you life and good and death and evil. Which one of these things do you actually believe? And which one of those things are you going to bet on? Which one of those things are you actually going to try to live out in your own life? Because if you don't try to live it out in your own life, you're the guy who ran away from the bowling ball. You might say that you believe it, but deep down inside, maybe you have some doubts, or maybe you just don't believe it really at all, and you're just trying to fool somebody else into thinking that you believe. So what do you really believe? When Jesus says all of this stuff in the Sermon on the Mount, that to us... At least a bit of it is a little bit countercultural. There are things in there about divorce that we don't quite understand, and those are things that can be explained. But basically, at, at the root of all of it is that divorce is bad. That's what God is telling us, and do we actually believe that? He's also telling us that that lust is bad. Do we actually believe that lusting after somebody that we're not married to is actually a bad thing? Do we actually believe that when we come together as a Christian community here at University Lutheran, that we should be forgiving one another of our sins, even those sins that are enacted against one another? To the point that if we remember that somebody has something against us, that before the offering plate comes around, we go, hold up! Andy has a bone to pick with me. And I'm going to go talk to him about it and I'm going to ask for forgiveness. Do we actually believe all of those things that Jesus is saying? Or do we just kind of say... I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe this stuff in the Gospels, of course. Because then you don't actually have to read the Gospels, right? You just go, oh yeah, fine, whatever. Uh, Until you get to a Sunday morning like this. And you go, Jesus wants me to cut off my hand? 
Which, honestly, that one doesn't sound nearly as painful as ripping out my own eyeball. And so we come to these things in Scripture that we go, do I bet? Do I, I really believe this? And they're challenging things. I mean, these are not things that we are to take lightly at all. Uh, that, that is not the idea. Jesus is not saying, hey, look, um, these things are going to be really easy for you to just okay, so initial here, sign at the end, we'll be good. He's saying, no, actually think about this stuff. This is the fuller picture of, of what righteousness is like. This is the fuller picture of what it means to be a child of righteousness. This is what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Christ. That you're somebody who would uh, rather cut off their hand than to do something evil with their hand. That, that you're somebody who would rather uh, exist in a world that it doesn't serve you, but you serve it. That, that that's actually what being a Christian means, and that you actually think that that's a good thing. That, that you actually believe that that is, is the fullness of life, the abundance of life that Jesus has for you. So does that show up in your actions? Well, I'll be the first to confess, it doesn't mind. Hey, I, I go through this list and I, I find that I'm a sinner every time. I find that there are things that uh, I see in God's Word that I should stop because I know that they're there, and yet I choose to do them anyway. There's this great scene in um, the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas um, uh, where uh, Johnny Depp is um, uh, driving away from uh, this cop who's chasing him down uh, because he's speeding and a whole lot of other things, if you know that movie. And uh, uh, he um, uh, finally pulls off into this sort of desert area and the cop comes up and he's questioning him and he says, do you know what you were doing? And Johnny Depp looks up at him just completely uh, open-ended and says, yes, I knew what I was doing. I knew that it was wrong. I did it anyway. That's where I'm at so, so many of the times. And probably where you are, too. And it's usually after that that you go home. Wow, yeah, I knew that was wrong. I still did it. And that's a time for us to come in confession and say, we, we need a Savior. Because there's one person who believed this stuff so much that he actually did it. And that person is the one who's giving the story. That's, that's the one that's giving this sermon. He, he's the one who has the right to talk about it. And I only have the right to talk about it because I'm trying to explain what he's saying. He believed in this righteousness so much that he lived his whole life in this righteousness. And believed in righteousness so much that he even took 
your unrighteousness upon himself to that cross so that you could actually have the freedom to come to him and say, I've done these things wrong. Can I please be forgiven? Or, I don't even know if I knew that I was doing this wrong until I just looked at it now and I think I did something wrong. Or even, I've been doing so much bad for so long, I don't even know what to do. Will you please tell me what to do so that my life looks a little bit better? It's for all of those things that he lived this righteous life that ended in a cross. So that then you could daily pick up your own cross and say, alright, I'm going to bet. I'm probably going to lose, but I'm going to bet. And we're going to see how this goes. Because he believed enough to give me the courage to believe that it just might be true. Amen. We 